Awesome. Good morning, Abundant Life. How are you? Welcome, welcome. Wasn't that powerful praise and worship today? Come on, give Jesus a great big hand clap. And uh, thankful to our worship team, media, sound, all of that that makes this happen week in and week out here at Abundant Life Church. Excited to see you here. Give a big shout out to our Clearbrook campus today. Come on, would you give a great big hand clap to them? Welcome. All that God's doing here and in Clearbrook area, and uh, what a great day to be together and lift up the name of Jesus. Uh, We are in the second week of our series called Triggered, all right? And uh, this is going to be a great day today. I'm excited for it. And we are covering a number of topics um, for this four-week series. Um, There are things that trigger us that bring out many different responses, don't they, in our lives. And we want to talk about triggers that we face and uh, the emotions, the pain, and the lies that come about, but we can overcome them with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are back again today. Last week was on substance abuse. Justin Franich did an amazing job last Sunday. So good. Yeah, give it up for him. And you can watch that at myabundantlife.com. You can watch that again and take a look at it. So many people were helped just through his testimony of uh, healing and strength uh, through his addictions, and it was, a, it was an amazing time. Today is on politics. Woo! Some of you just hear the word and you're triggered. Some of you are just like, wow, that just did something in you. And um, we're here today. We have a wonderful panel uh, that's in front of us today that's going to help us out. All three of them are members here at Abundant Life Church with their families, and uh, they are a blessing, and I appreciate them today. I'm going to go around and introduce them. They're just going to tell a little bit about who they are and, and their heart uh, for God and politics as well. So the first is Samantha Barber. Samantha, tell us a little bit about you and the area of uh, politics and what you've been involved in and on Capitol Hill and in our public schools. Yeah, thank you so much for having us uh, this morning, Pastor John. Um, uh, My name is Samantha Barber, and I worked at the United States Senate Federal Credit Union um, uh, in the Hart Senate building, um, and also the General General Accountability Office, um, where, uh, so it's politics and finances, um, and... (laughs) Those go together? Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) In church. In church. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, after that, just becoming an advocate for young girls, um, where I now have my nonprofit organization that I work with, um, Warren County Public Schools. Mm. Um, uh, before we moved here, uh, my family and I lived in Alexandria City, where I worked at T.C. Williams High School um, in college and career. So, um, you know, politics, finances, and education, you know. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. Good to have you this Thanks, morning. Sir. Sandy Danello. Yes, I am a former educator, and I guess the, the, the thing I enjoyed most about my, my teaching career was the geography club that I sponsored. And essentially that's because we were able to visit in our imaginations many other countries, many other cultures. And I think that a lot of our fifth grade students in Frederick County came to a realization of what a great country we have here as they learned more about other places. Mm. Yes, Michael Martin, good to have you with us as well. 
Yes, it's good to be here. My wife, Brittany, and I and our three girls, we attend Clearbrook, so it's really good to be at Stephen City yes, today. Yes, welcome to Stephen City so today. It's good welcome. to be here, and uh, just to show you how big of a geek I am about these things, I didn't mention this first service because I knew you guys could handle it, and that is <laughs> when I was a kid, the whole Bush versus Gore thing was going on, the hanging chads. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was a kid at the time, and I was just glued to the television, and my parents were like, what is wrong with him? Like, there's, <laughs> there's something seriously wrong with this kid, um, but then I went on to um, get an undergrad in government and went to law school, and I saw plenty of people get triggered about politics, so glad that we're having this conversation. So. Yeah, thank you, and uh, say congratulations to you and Brittany on the birth of your new baby girl. So come thank on, let's so give much. it up for them. Thank you. So good. Congratulations. Yeah, good to have you with us, and we all know that uh, we are in another presidential election season. Did you know that? Not just the person next to you if they didn't, but I'm sure they do. And uh, we understand uh, as we watch TV and we see the ticker tape go along the bottom and a lot of things come to mind. What does the future hold for us? Uh, what's our role in this election? Better yet, whom would Jesus vote for? Wow, we're not going to answer that one today for you, okay? I'm going to leave you hanging on that one. But really, we want to talk about this topic because so many people get triggered. And we come to this topic of triggered, we want to talk about politics. We understand how important it is. But more importantly, and how the church and how we as believers should respond, shouldn't we? We, we have a response in this that, that should represent the Lord Jesus Christ and not get all bent out of shape and wrapped around the axle, the craziness. How many of you know what I'm saying? Right? So that's our help, and uh, that's what we want to provide today. Because as I said a couple of weeks ago, be reminded that there are going to be Republicans and Democrats in heaven. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's, that's going to happen. Yeah, so, all right? So uh, just be reminded, and God's going to put you right next door to someone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but uh, anyways, just talking to our panel about this, I want to talk about God's mandate when it comes to government and politics. God has something to say about this amazing subject. So what is God's mandate when it comes to government and politics? You know, um, great question, Pastor. Uh, I remember a couple years ago in, when we lived in Alexandria, my, my pastor preached on a, a sermon, um, you know, our respect and, you know, submission to, um, to, to authority. And, um, you know, he was reading from, you know, Paul, chap um, sorry, Romans chapter 13. Yeah. And, and I got triggered. You know? <laughs> You know, I was like, you know, OMG, Paul, you know, <laughs> you know, this is this is hard on hard on a sister, um, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, in, in, in reading Romans chapter 13, it says, you know, everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in a position of authority have been placed there by God, you know, mm. and 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 for me back then, it was a difficult season because you know, just coming out of, a, of an abusive relationship um, mm. and being subjected to authority, you yeah. know, from, from that standpoint, um, I had to just allow God to work on my heart and understanding mm. that he's placed, you know, our husbands and, you know, politicians and pastors in place um, mm. to, to lead and guide us. 
And, you know, when, when I read that, you know, it continued in Titus chapter 3, 1 and 2, where it says yeah. that the believers to submit to government and its officers, they should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show humility to wow. everyone. You know, so um, that, that was amazing just to see the transition that God has, you know, just brought me through from that, you know, to now. Right. Yeah. Great. Great word. Good. Yeah, I guess I would add to that as well where we're often taught the importance of praying for our political leaders, our governmental authorities. Mm. Um, but there's also passage as well that talks about being thankful for the governing authorities, which is even a totally different thing than praying for them, actually stopping and being thankful. And mm. so as I was kind of thinking and praying into this as well, it's like here in the United States especially, we have so much reason to be thankful. Yes. You know, uh, Sandy, as you mentioned, some of these other countries around the world where they don't have the freedom to believe and the freedom to speak. And so as dysfunctional as maybe our government may seem sometimes, we really especially can be grateful in the United States for the government that we have, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We are blessed. And we did point out in the last session that when, when Paul wrote this passage, he was imprisoned in a Roman dungeon. And the leader of the empire, the Roman empire at that time, was Caesar, uh, I think it was Tiberius Caesar, who was uh, certainly not a godly man, certainly not a Christian man. And yet, even under those circumstances, Paul was admonishing believers to honor those in authority over them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome because, you know, it goes on to say in, in Mark chapter 12, you know, when um, the Pharisees was trying to trick Jesus, um, he, uh, you know, with taxes. And, you know, he, they were so amazed by his response where he said, you know, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what's God's. Mm. You know, so just that again, that Jesus knew that Caesar, you know, he was a harsh man, but mm. yet he, he's saying True. that we must, you know, give to the government what's the government and give to God what's God's. Mm. Good, good, good. Yeah. yeah, as we look at this and we see um, God's government and how he set it up and then in the world that we live in, and then we come as humans and living in the United States of America how do we engage in then the healthy dialogue with people that disagree with our political position? Because uh, we um, are open to that at any time. We come into conversations, could be at work, could be at school, could be in our home, could be in our neighbors. So how, do, how should we engage in healthy dialogue with those that differ from our own opinions? Um. You know, when I was um, really thinking about uh, that question, and um, it took me back to um, not me, but but my daughter. There was um, she when she was 16 years old, um, and she is a, a, a politician. You know, like you, Michael, she would would be glued at the television. You know, <laughs> um, and and so back then, when she was 16, she had an amazing opportunity to attend the the Democratic National Convention. And, um, and she also worked for the um, Republican National Committee that same year. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it was a time where, you know, she was in the communications department and um, she was answering calls. And uh, a gentleman called in from, from North Carolina 
and he, uh, you know, engaging, you know, a young lady answering the telephone, at, you know, her name and, and everything like that and ask her where she's from and, and if she was African-American and, you know, she said, close, I'm Caribbean-American, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but along those lines of a, a good dialogue or healthy dialogue yeah. um, became after, no, I'm Caribbean-American, to um, a man who became triggered. Mm. You know, he began to call her um, a hypocrite and a traitor. Wow. And, and how can you be working for, for those people? Yeah. You know, and, wow. and she had to maintain, you know, who she was. And mm. even at 16 years old and, you know, being trained to answer that question in a manner that represented her and also represented where she was working, you know, at the time, you know, as we respect all, all the companies that we work for. And, and during that time, I just, uh, I realized that sometimes in our society, um, it's hard to, you know, have those healthy dialogues because it's expected if we are of a certain race or if we live um, of a so certain socioeconomics or right. even the demographic in which we live that we're expected to be affiliated with one political party or, or the other. Mm. And that just taught me to teach them as to how to represent themselves with values. That's great, yeah, powerful, for sure. When I think about that too, it's like in this day and age, do we even have dialogue anymore? <laughs> um, no. And so the, the civility that we talk about is kind of like a lost art. And conversation, I mean, people are so just glued to their devices all the time. Are they really having conversation? And then right. I think about, too, with politics, maybe like some other topics, but especially politics, a lot of times we get, maybe it's triggered, and we get super defensive. The walls go up, and immediately we're not really in dialogue anymore. We're not listening. We're just trying to defend for our own pride mm. or for our own sake what our positions are. And so I think it's a matter of uh, some of the scriptures that we've talked about actually mm. kind of being open and listen and humble uh, in order to have that dialogue, which is actually really important. So true. We all seem to agree also that it's really undisputable that we as Christians are responsible for going into all the world and sharing the Christ who loves us and died for us more than we are admonished to go into all the world and preach whatever political point of view we might have. So anytime we have a discourse with anyone, it should be done in love, and it should be done with the attitude that it's more important for me to convey my faith through my position than it is for me to win a person to my position. I want to win him to my faith. Mm. Amen. That's good. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Representing Jesus well. Yes. So good. So, so what would be the best way, as we're talking about, to speak up about different opinions concerning political issues without getting triggered? Yeah. Okay, we know the word, we should know the word, and how to operate from there. But uh, any more helpful advice on that? You know, um, you know, as we were talking about healthy, you know, healthy dialogue, you know, um, and Michael, you had said that, you know, is there any healthy dialogue that's going on? Because even us Christians, you know, Pastor Mike preached a few weeks ago on... Yeah representing ourselves well, not just in conversations, but also on social media. Yeah. And um, we need to be mindful of what we're speaking because, you know, mm. we may be behind uh, the filter of, you know, social media, but it's, it's still known, you know, 
who right. we are, who we are. And, and what is it we're speaking of, and also understanding what we represent as well. We represent God. We represent our church. We represent our family. You know, mm -hmm. so to really be mindful yeah. of um, of how we're conversating. You know, whether it's behind a filter of social media or within, um, sure. you know, within conversations. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too, you know, Scripture talks about not speaking harshly. Uh, because that stirs mm. up anger. So you're just not going to be effective, right? Um, yeah. If you're trying to have a conversation, a dialogue with someone, you come at it from a place of harshness. Um, it's going to stir up anger. It's going to put those walls up. Any seeds of truth that you maybe have sown, they're just going to fall to the side. Um, and then I think, too, I mean, we are, we're blessed with good, good words around here. A couple years ago, Pastor John, I think you said that um, even if you're right, if you're rude, then you're wrong. And so that has just been something that has stuck like with, with our family for a long time is you can be right about something, but if you're rude and conveying it, then you're wrong. Mm. And so I think that's huge. That's good. I think we have to always remember that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will stand forever. And as much as we might enjoy defending our position based upon the word of God, because in our minds, that's what justifies us, and makes us right, we have to remember that God doesn't need us to justify his word, that his True. word's going to stand even if we don't make the most convincing argument. What we need to do is to make the best argument we can with the kindness and the love that Jesus would use if he had our opportunity to speak to this particular individual. That's great. Amen. Amen. Good, good. Yeah, we're walking a line. How do we walk that line between, you know, being tolerant and staying true then to our convictions as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? There is a line there. So how do we do it? What's the best way? Um, so uh, when I became pregnant with my daughter, um, you know, years ago, um, she, uh, it was a very difficult pregnancy. You know, I was, I was told that um, I couldn't have children. Um, so, um, you know, I, I still pray for the, the pharmacists that, you know, that I told them, you know, something's wrong with your tests, you know, <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, I want a refund, um, <laughs> you know, um, but it, it was during a time where, um, you know, it, it was a really dire situation mm. where my, my doctor told me that I had a choice, you know. I had a choice um, to keep along with this pregnancy or have a choice to, you know, to abort it. Mm. Um, and the reason for him saying that is because, you know, in his 30 years of practice, he had never seen such a bad pregnancy where mm. there was a possibility that I would die at child's birth wow. um, because my body was more or less rejecting her. Um, you know, Back then, you know, God and I was in a bargaining situation, <laughs> you know, where I was like, okay, I'll do this, God, if you do this, you know, for me. So he, he wasn't, you know, Adonai or, you know, those, those things that we, we understand now. He was, hey, you do this and I'll do that. Um, so, you know, but there was just something in me that said no, you know, that, um, mm. that I'm, you know, I, I didn't have a scripture to quote. I didn't have, you know a prayer to pray, I just said no, you know, mm. that um, I'm, I'm going to keep my baby. Um, you know, it's so funny that come along years later, just last year, I have a very close friend of mine who is very liberal, and um, she asked me, um, you know, Sam, what's wrong with you? Aren't you pro-choice? 
you know, and I, I shared my story with her, which she knew of. Mm. Um, but I said to her that my choice is to be pro-life, not because I'm Democrat or Republican. My decision is because of what Deuteronomy 30:19 says, mm. you know, that I've set before you, you know, life and death, blessing and curse, you wow. know, choose life so that you and your children may live. You know, today, Amen. you know, my, as I said, my daughter, she is beautiful. She's living. She's a little politician, you know, <laughs> studying politics, That's you great. know, in college. You know, it's amazing. Wow. That's fantastic. Thank you. Well, I think that's such a, a really insightful question because I don't think in any day and age, it seems like it's more important, this whole thing about how do you, you know, keep true, but at the same time, tolerance is also a huge thing as well. And so right. as I think about that, I mean, it's a Sunday school answer, but it, it's Jesus. <laughs> right. I mean, he totally was the model for us on this. I mean, never was there an individual that was more truth. I mean, he, Jesus was truth. And yes. then at the same time, I mean, he did, he was extremely tolerant in the sense of, um, you know, the Bible said he was even a friend of sinners and he was around people all the time um, who didn't share his views. And yet he was, um, you know, attractive to them and they were able to mm. see the truth in him. And so I think the same should be true of us as well. So true. Yeah. We discussed this before that, uh, it's more important to convey the truth that we have in love than to just hammer people with our truth because they'll, re they'll reject it. If they reject us, if they associate our truth as being our truth and not God's truth, and some people don't even acknowledge God in our day and age. Mm. So for us to say, well, this is what God would do, they think we're talking through an extra hole in our head. But we have to maintain truth in such a way that it isn't offensive, even if they don't agree with us, that they can, they can perhaps dispute what we believe, but they can't dispute the love with which we convey it. Mm. And we said before that God brings people into our lives at his divine appointment. Mm. And when we have one of those divine appointments, we have to realize that our primary responsibility, our primary opportunity, is to, again, convey the Christ that we love to them, rather than our political point of view, or our hope for the next election, or, or anything relating to politics, and yet standing on the values that are shared mutually between us and whatever candidate we vote for. That's good. Very well. Yeah, I think that's really well said, and I hope that's one thing, you know, we've talked about a lot that I hope everybody comes to as well, and that is, like, preserve the relationship, like you were talking about, yeah. Sandy. God gives you these divine uh, opportunities, divine relationships, yeah. divine friendships, and especially when you come across people that you disagree with, it can be easy just to, to kind of hammer them or make your point known, and yet, in uh, God's sort of way has impressed in my life, like, there's people that... I'm still friends with from, you know, high school who could not be further apart on the political spectrum than I am. And I feel like God has dealt in my heart to say, like, over the years, don't just jump in and try to, you know, convey what you think is true or what you think is right. But the relationship that you're preserving with this person, like, has eternal consequences. And if they come to faith in Christ as a result of your witness, that is so much more important than how they vote or, you know, what political party they're in. So... Yeah, yeah, that is that. so true. You know, him being our ultimate example, 
you know, there's there's so many stories in the Bible that we can that we can look at, you know, and, and also knowing that you know we fall short, you know, every time, you know, that we we weren't always those seasoned saints, you right. know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that that we are today, and 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 we have stories like you know he had he told Zacchaeus to come down, I'm having dinner with you tonight, yeah. you know, even though he was hated so much by the Jews and 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 what he represented, you know, and. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the woman with the alabaster box, you know, and, and the woman who was caught in adultery, you know, yeah. he, he crossed that line. You know, he without sin, let him cast the first stone. You know, so for us to be reminded that, um, you know, as Miss Sandy said, it's, it's, it's approaching it with love and, and remembering we weren't always where we are today. Mm. You know, we were once in that position, whether on what either side, you know, so to approach everything in, in love, definitely. So we've been given a voice for a reason, for sure. God's given us a voice. So how do we have a voice without being loud and obnoxious? Because we live in that day, don't we? I mean, politics has turned to politicked, and now I'm politicked about everything, right? And so how, how, do, we, uh, how do we do that uh, without being loud and obnoxious? <laughs> Get off your Twitter and get off Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to politics, I'm just saying, uh-huh. I don't think you're going to win anybody over on social media. I so, agree. But I, there, I mean, in all seriousness, too, there's the opportunity of sometimes um, wait, like wait for the invitation, wait for the opportunity mm. uh, to be able to speak. Um, and so we were talking as well about some of these biblical examples that God has used. Yeah. Sometimes... Um, as Christians, we kind of get cynical about government and we want to step back and say we don't want to be any part of it. But as you look in scripture, examples like Esther, who is not something she was pursuing, but in God's timing, she was elevated to this position. And I think even yeah. in her story, there's the context of she didn't just barge right in and tell the king, For here's sure. what's happening. Yes. Um, she waited for God to bring that right moment and it was honoring. Um, mm. So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's good. I love that. No, I'm... That's that's so good. Uh, you know, it, it it's also said in James chapter one. You know, be slow to listen. You know, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, and I think listening, it's it's so vital. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, with social media and Twitter and everything, we're not listening. We're just we're just throwing. And with you saying that, Mike, I remember um, you know just having a conversation with a candidate not too long ago, and just again how. Uh, they're literally taught to campaign and how they're literally taught to to get our votes and it's and it's studied we are studied you know um, as to what would make us tick or Mm. what would um, you know take us or sway us in this direction Mm. Um, you know it's like engineering you know how much um, not just the body of Christ but the society in general um, you know, we, we, they look at where you live, you know, where you work, you know, um, where you go, and they target, yeah. you know, different people in different positions um, to get your vote. Um, yeah. And so we have to be so careful with, you know, what we're putting on social media, what we're reading. Um, you know, um, we have this new thing for the past few years, you know, fake news, <laughs> yes. you know, um, that, that, that has become so prevalent. And um, I was reading in Hebrew where it says, you know, do not throw away any of, um, do not throw away your confidence. Mm. 
it holds a great reward. You know, you need to preserve so that after you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Um, and that relates to so many different things with, with how we approach conversations, you know, yeah. um, how we listen. Uh, you know, a friend of mine said, um, you know, God, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that, that, you know, is hearing and, and, and just listening. I think it's, it's, it's key you know, to how we approach um, with these situations. Yeah, because we can get drawn into a lot. I think, Michael, you said before also, uh, we know online can be a catalyst, but also it can be a huge danger and problem. But you were saying something before about how we're drawn in many times, things that are a proposition to us online, on politics. Talk a little bit about that, because I think what you said there was good. Yeah, no, in thinking about this, this whole trigger thing in politics, I mean, it couldn't go better together because especially in today's day and age, talking about like getting information and where you get your news and all that, just realizing that as you're out online, I mean, there's sort of the whole clickbait thing. It's like, hey, we're trying to get you, we're triggering you because we want to get you to read this because we're selling ads on our website. And that's money, by the way. Same yep. thing with television. It's like, get these people, you know, to do these knockout, drag out fights because it's a lot better for ratings than, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just a true source of information. Get two people up there arguing. And so uh, um, yeah. I think that, too, what you said as well, Sam, is in this day and age, the political system is actually designed to get us triggered. And so I think we just have to be so mindful of that as we're getting our information. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love that. I think another thing we have to be mindful of as Christians is that the Bible says all things are lawful for us, but all things are not expedient. And I think when it comes to our political point of view, it might be lawful for us to speak our opinion. Mm -hmm. We have every right to say it. We live in a free country. But at any given moment, it might not be expedient for us to speak our opinion because the listener may not be affected in a good way by hearing us counter their position. Mm -hmm. We need to be discreet. We need to remember that we are certainly God's mouthpiece in certain situations, but we have to think, what would he say? How, mm -hmm. what, what would he consider important in this circumstance? And uh, without a doubt, what he would consider important would be the heart and soul and eternal destiny yeah. of the people to whom we're speaking. And our opinion at that point is irrelevant, except you need Jesus, and I love you, and I'm praying for you. Yes, so good. That's good. Good. Good word. I would add, too, um, you talk about not being loud and obnoxious, which is a good thing. Um, Pro Proverbs talks so much as well about the tongue and what we say mm. and how we say it. This proverb really stood out to me. Proverbs eleven seventeen. it says, a man who is kind does himself good, mm. but the cruel does harm to himself. And so a lot of times we think, oh, if we're being kind, it's really for someone else. Right. But no, really, like the Bible says, when we're kind, it's actually good for us. Yeah. So I think that relates to the whole loud and obnoxious thing as well as, don't speak harshly, don't stir up anger, and then uh, you're doing yourself good as well when you don't get triggered over yes. these political topics. So good. I love this whole listening. We need to be better listeners, that's for sure. And uh, in the world we live in, rather than being quick to zap something or put it down, but uh, listen, take it all in. You know, I'm always interested in people's, you know, their opinion. Okay, what is, what's going on? What, 
what caused you to think that way, you know, growing up or your understanding of something or whatever it may be. It's good to do that. You can learn a lot. It doesn't mean you agree with it, but you learn a lot from it. And uh, we don't have to be triggered, you know. We don't have to be politicked. We can listen to it and take it in. And understanding God's Word is worth saying uh, for uh, what His Word has to say on different topics, whatever it may be. Um, God's Word has the answer. We just, we just need to know that and be in His Word and be ready to give an answer and be salt and be light. Uh, no doubt about that. Yeah, this is so good. I, I love this. I love this talk. And just talking about this is, is uh, you've heard our panel even saying on, uh, I learned uh, way back in ministry, I heard a pastor preach on how we're to live our lives. And we should live our lives, everything father filtered. Everything that we go through, our conversations, our thoughts, the people we come in contact with, wherever they may be on our campuses, in the workplace, in our homes, everything should be father-filtered that uh, we understand what God's Word has to say, and we filter it through that. Not just say, oh, I just remove that out of the way and do what I want to do, but hey, as a believer, that's what we're called to do, to filter everything through God's Word and what would be God, your understanding? If we don't have God's understanding, he tells us, ask for it. I will give it to you no matter who you are. And um, we're just reminded that this is who Jesus is. I find myself like you on many gif- different days and opportunities. Jesus, what would you do in this situation? What would you do in dealing with this person about this or whatever it may be or what I'm going through? We're reminded by the different stories uh, that have been talked about already of uh, Jesus uh, coming into town and coming to the Samaritan woman who had differing beliefs. You know, they shouldn't have been together, but he came and he took time with her at the well and spoke with her and allowed her to share her heart. He didn't cut her off. He, we, she's like, we shouldn't even be together. I mean, we worship on this mountain, you worship on that mountain. You shouldn't even be here, Jesus. I mean, what are you doing, right? Like, you know, she was giving the religious answer, get out of the way. You shouldn't be here. But there was something more at stake, which was her soul, that he was trying to get to, that that's what he cared about. And that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. There's, There's people's lives at stake. Their souls are at stake for sure. And uh, we just want to be an encouragement as well. I know we talked about this in first service, on encouraging every generation to stay involved in politics and our, our younger generation as well. Sometimes in our younger generations, they are, you know, Michael, you said it, there's cynicism, you know, in that, and uh, we're critical, but we just need to encourage everybody to stay involved in it because God's given us the mandate. And I love that on Esther, for such a time as this. That's where we're at. That's what we're in. Joseph, all the way through the stories of the Bible. So good. How about some maybe areas of uh, resources um, that maybe we can direct people to or general thoughts on resources when it comes to God and politics and the mandate there? Um. You know, uh, it, it's so important to, for us to, to educate ourselves. Um, you know, Miss Sandy was saying um, that, you know, know who your representatives are. And, and through the filter, 
you know, um, you know, Google's our best friend. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, go on Google and 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 know who your representative are, and go on their website, right. and and see, you, you know, see if their values line up with your values, Good. and um, and look at you know what are you know what are they saying, what are they speaking, you know, go to their meetings, and mm. and and so I think the key is is us educating ourselves, educating our, edu educating our children, yeah. you know, the importance of participating and, and being a, a part of the system, mm. you know, because in, in other countries, there are, there are people, there are women, there, you know, um, who are, you know, who are cast aside, who cannot yeah. vote, you know, True. who don't have this right, this God-given right that we have so in our amazing country, that we, you know, we get to pick our government. You know, which is which is amazing. So I think educating ourselves is so 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 vital and so very important. Absolutely. Yeah, and Sam, I love what you shared today as well about let the scripture be uh, just kind of your ultimate measuring stick as yeah. far as the issues go. Like none of us, like we shouldn't get so caught up in a particular political party that yeah. we don't come back ultimately to God's word. And uh, I love Pastor John, what you said in the first service as well. We really don't have a right to complain unless we've done our part. <laughs> right. Unless we've gone out and we voted and we've been involved, we've been obedient as God has called us to do. You know, we really, we can't complain. Um, and then I guess just another, maybe a, cl a closing thought, uh, not a resource, but um, also mindful of that in God's word, um, Government wasn't ultimately the source of hope, but God was, even though government Amen. can be a tool. So Israel, they really wanted this king, and God's like, that's not the, your deal, and they just kind of pushed it. But as humans, I think often we just look to what's right out in front of us in man, and we put our hope, we put our stock mm. in that. Um, same thing, I mean, so many Jews miss Jesus because they were expecting this political ruler. And so yeah, I think that's, that's just point. a key to not getting triggered is remembering that ultimately government is not our source and it's not our hope. No, that's a great point. Great point. Well, there's not much to add to all that wisdom except get out and vote. And make sure you <laughs> make sure you know the candidates. Look at their record. Don't go by what they say. Investigate, know them, and find out what they stand for. And if they stand for what you stand for, then that's that's your guy. Or yes. Girl, or yes. the case may be. That's good. That's good. Um, this is such great conversation. And this could go on and on and on, but uh, we are going to have real talk conversation uh, with some of our staff uh, pre-recorded and uh, take this subject even further. So be watching on our social media this week. And uh, the conversation on substance abuse is already out there. And then also by middle part of the week, we'll have the one on politics um, for the real talk conversation. I uh, really thank each and every one of you for for sharing your heart and uh, sharing uh, God's heart. I, wanna, I want us to end with um, this scripture verse and then have Michael pray. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. And it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So, so the purpose behind all of that, our prayers, our supplication, our conversation, our thoughts, this whole area, 
for those that are above us and governing and whatever it may be, local and state and, and national level. He says, my purpose in all this, he says, is God desires everyone to be saved. Remember, that is the end goal. That's Jesus' heart. That's always the end goal, salvation. So just be reminded in that and come to the knowledge of the truth. And then Jeremiah 29, 7, which is awesome. But seek, what should we seek? He said, seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you and I will find welfare as well. Let's just be reminded of those powerful words of Scripture as we go today. Michael, if you'll lead us in prayer. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time that we've been able to come together as a church, Abundant Life Church. We thank you that this is your church, Lord. Yes. We thank you for uh, a wonderful country where we are so blessed to even be able to have conversations like these. And so many nations in the world, they, they couldn't stand in a pulpit and, and preach your word. And so we thank you for the freedoms that have been uh, fought for in our country yes, and just Lord. for the amazing blessing and privilege that we have to be here in the United States. And uh, just pray that, God, if there are those who are out there who are, you know, who've been here with us today or who'll be watching this later, that maybe there's some um, guards that have gone up in their hearts and in their lives mm -hmm. as it relates to politics. They've been triggered in different ways. Lord, I pray that you would just help us take those down, Lord. Pray that our heart would be open, God. If you've called uh, different individuals that are here to be instruments for you in mm -hmm. government, whether that's participating, voting, volunteering, even serving in office, God. I just pray that yes. you would speak to each of us today. Help our hearts be open and receptive to that, Lord. And then just coming around to, as well, this theme of we just pray that our witness, God, would first mm. and foremost be for you um, and that we would have dialogue, we'd have conversation, we have the opportunity to win people to Jesus as a result of even a political conversation. Mm. And God, as we close today as well, we also just wanna lift up all of our political leaders, yes. uh, those at the national level, the state level, the local level, God, we thank you that as your word said, you've put those individuals in places of authority and we honor them today. We're thankful for them. Yes. We pray again, uh, even in accordance with your word, that you would help steer their hearts uh, to be in a direction that is uh, for you. And we just pray for a great move of God, a great change mm. in this nation, even as a result of what's happened here today. And we give it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.